0: well good evening christian it is saturday night and here we are recording another podcast continuing in our series concerning these case studies that are seen in the book of john and so far christian i have to say these have been very very fascinating do you mind summarizing a little bit concerning the first two cases we saw in nicodemus as well as the woman at the well Sure,
1: so in John chapter 3, there was Nicodemus, and he was a very moral man. Uh, Simply put, he was a very moral man, a good person. But the Lord revealed to him, even though he was a good person, he needed to be born again to see the kingdom of God. And additionally... Lord revealed to Nicodemus that he was someone who had been bitten by a snake and he needed to look up to that bronze serpent. And the Lord was referring to himself eventually. Um, So even a good person needed the Lord to come to him as life. Right. Uh, And then in chapter four, the Lord meets this Samaritan woman at the well. And her condition was that she was thirsty. <laughs> and how do we know she was thirsty? She was and not satisfied. She had had five husbands and the man she was with was not her husband. And the Lord in that situation revealed himself to that woman as living water. Uh, living water that would become in her in whoever receives it a fountain that gushes up unto eternal life. So again, the Lord was revealing himself uh, as life, as living water to to that woman, himself as a solution to her problem. And uh, that, I think that brings us to chapter five.
0: And chapter five today, I think is super applicable because, And I guess, like you said, Christian, all of them are very applicable because, again, to remind our listeners, John is writing this book near the end of his ministry. He had been a Christian for a very long time. He had a lot of experience with the Lord, and he wrote this gospel not in chronological order like the other gospels, but rather he picked out these cases essentially to show us the most common diagnoses in man and then the Lord's treatment as the great physician. Well, Christian, let's go ahead and get into John chapter 5 today. So do you mind reading the verses? And then we'll read the beginning to get the background, and then we'll read some verses later in John, essentially to show what the Lord's view was. Uh,
1: This is John chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. After these things, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porticos. In these lay a multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame, and withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down from time to time in the pool and stirred up the water. The first then to step in after the stirring up of the water was made well of whatever disease he was being held by. And a certain man was there who had been 38 years in his sickness. When Jesus saw this one lying there and knew that he had already been a long time in that condition, he said to him, Do you want to get well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your mat, and walk. And immediately the man became well, and he took up his mat and walked. Now it was the Sabbath on that day. Therefore the Jews said to the one who had been healed, It is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to take up your mat.
0: Perfect, Christian. So let's go ahead and jump right into this. The first person in John that John decided to bring out was a very good moral man. The second case study was a woman living in sin, or you could say an immoral woman. The third one, though, is not someone that is, quote unquote, a good person or a bad person. But here is someone who had been laying there sick for 38 years. He's laying by this magical pool that if someone could just get him in there, he could be healed. But he himself had no way to get himself in there. And Christian, I think this is a huge point because 38 years is a long, long time. I'm 38 years old, so I cannot imagine just laying there on the ground for 38 years, seeing this maybe glorious miracle thing right next to you and trying your best, doing everything you can, but you yourself have no power to get in. And more importantly, also, when the Lord asked him, do you want to get well? He he said, I have no one to put me in. So not only did he have no power to put himself in there, apparently uh, there were Jews everywhere because obviously once he got raised he ran into a lot of religious Jews but no one could help him be well yet the lord came to him so before we talk about what the lord said and what the lord did christian how would you characterize this person what is this guy's diagnosis
1: like he said he's 38 years laying there he just he couldn't move he was lame and uh, later on we'll read the lord the lord's diagnosis was that this man was dead uh, not physically but he was he was dead and that that's that's kind of his 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 condition was of death right he was he was un, absolutely unable to do anything and you know I, I don't know this this is kind of a the result or a manifestation of death in people. I don't know, we, we, we might know people or even ourselves have experienced just death. And death here results in this man being absolutely unable to do anything. So that that was his situation. And he was trying to fix that, doing everything that the Jewish religion had to offer I mean in these verses, well, there was a feast, right? And they were in Jerusalem. He's at these this portico. There's angel, there's an angel that comes and stirs this, stirs this water. Like, can you believe that? Like, that's a that's a miracle. So he had everything that the Jewish religion had to offer, and he was doing doing that, but that was not able to help him. Well, now he's presented with another way that actually solved his problem.
0: Amen. You're exactly right, Christian. I think your diagnosis is exactly what we'll read in a minute later in the book of John. This man, in God's eyes, was dead. He could do nothing. Another word people describe this man is impotent. Impotent isn't a common daily word we use. In the medical literature, we use impotence a lot. Um, but essentially impotence means no vitality, unable to do anything. And I like what you said there. The Lord asked him, do you want to be well? And the man's answer was kind of interesting. Instead of saying, yes, he's essentially showing like, what do you think? I've been trying. I've been trying so hard 38 years to be well. I've, I've tried, you know, doing this and doing that and no one can help me maybe self pity a little bit in there but essentially he's telling the lord it's not for a lack of trying that he's been laying there for 38 years and i think this is a very common theme even for us christians so obviously before i was a believer all i had was my effort all you could do is try and try and try and sometimes you succeed and sometimes you don't but I would say most people, by the time they get to my age, 38, if you've been trying for a long time, you've kind of got everything you need, right? You've got, you know, I've got wife, kids, career, you know, money, house, cars, fam- whatever you can think of, you have. But if you did not have the Lord, which I know a lot of some of my colleagues that don't, there is still this drive to keep trying because they still feel empty inside. So that's one example of some of my friends and colleagues that I know. The ones that are Christians but might be in this same situation are the ones that are trying their best to fulfill their religious duties. They go to church on this day. They tithe on this day. They do this. They do that. But if they did not, and we'll talk about this in a minute, if they did not hear the Lord's word, there is still... I guess death, Christian, I guess impotence, I guess just there is no satisfaction of actually achieving anything because at the end of the day, everybody is still empty. And so you could say in the world, the rich keep wanting to get richer. The poor keep wanting to get rich. No one is ever satisfied. No one has ever felt like they've gotten to where they want to get. But at the end of the day, what we need here is what the Lord is giving, which is seen actually here in John chapter five. This is in, so this is in John chapter five, verse 21, 24 and 25. But we will also touch a little bit on this interesting opposition because here in John chapter five, the Lord is actually talking to the Jewish religious religious now. The religionists got really mad at this guy, that he was walking around the Sabbath he got. They got really mad that the Lord healed him and even more mad that the Lord talked about this matter of him and the father being one. So they were ready to kill him, which again, we're going to talk about this because this is truly a fascinating mindset that they had. But here in 521, it says, for just as a father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the son gives life to whom he wills. So this has a lot to do with, The Lord's view concerning this man that was laying there on the mat. And then here in 24 and 25. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment but has passed out of death into life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and it is now when the dead will hear the voice of the son of God and those who hear will live. Wow, Christian. So let's focus on this, because this is the Lord's diagnosis of what's going on. Outwardly, we saw a man just laying there 38 years, couldn't do anything for himself. But this is the Lord's diagnosis of his true condition. So let's expound here a little bit.
1: So the Lord said here, he gives life. The son gives life. And how does he give life? Uh, It's to those who hear him, who hears his word. The man, he his his dead condition resulted in his his impotence. Like you're talking, I like what you're talking about there. And uh, the Lord's solution to that was resurrection life. We didn't really talk about that, but that's actually a kind of a, a common thread throughout all of this. It's it's not. Life, like what is what is life, right? That that's a whole discussion for another time. But you know, something that's definitely unique, when we can say a characteristic of the divine life, is that it has this property of resurrection. And what is resurrection? Resurrection overcomes death. Resurrection, actually, uh, the Greek word for resurrection. Anastasis literally means stand up. That's that's resurrection life. It just overcomes death. And we don't have that. We don't have that in ourselves. But the Lord is the one who brought resurrection life to us. Well, we're both believers, so we receive the Lord. And I still need the Lord daily to be my resurrection life, to overcome all manner of death in myself and in all the situations I'm involved in. The, the Lord is resurrection life.
0: Christian, that's actually a really, really good point that you put up there because you're right, this is the Lord's diagnosis. So essentially he's saying one day those who hear his voice, those will live. They will not be in death anymore. And this is essentially what the Lord just did. This man was laying there, and he heard the Lord's voice to rise up. And he stood up. And that was the Lord's enlivening. And I like how you put it there, Christian. We in ourselves, we do not have this life. This life is not... Bios, which is our biological life. Actually, in the Greek, they have a couple of different ver- words for life. Bios, biology, that's our regular breathing, heart beating, stuff we study in medicine life. There's suke, which is our psychological life, uh, where we get the uh, work psychology from, our mind, our emotion, our will, you know, that's in that realm. But this life that the Lord is giving is called zoe. Uh, Another part of Zoe is this matter of resurrection, which conquers death. Because again, if you're dead, when you come back to life, that means it's resurrection life. And I just really appreciate that. Again, this is something that we don't have in ourselves. This is something that organized religion does not have as well. I mean, you read there in John 5, a man had been laying there for 38 years. He stood up and walked on his mat. And the first thing that people in religious power says was, hey, you can't do that. That's not legal in our religious system. And that, I mean, Christian, even today in our modern medicine with CTs and MRIs and microsurgery, a man who had been crippled for 38 years, we cannot make him walk. We cannot, we cannot heal that person. If something like that happened in our clinic, our jaws would drop and our head would explode at the same time, because that is not something that happens. Yet the Lord did that, but religion's first response is, wait a minute, you can't do that. That's against the rules. Anyway, this is so amazing because I think the take home point here, reading those verses, is that Christian we need to hear the lord's voice. Every day we need to hear the lord's voice. Oh, and when I guess when I say organized religion in this picture it's people who do everything god said quote quote according to the law but straight up miss god standing in front of them face to face. So in a sense organized religion in this context is actually against god. They were against the lord. I mean they're literally trying to plot and kill the lord. So I don't think, I don't think that's really hard to understand. But even today, Christian, sometimes our relationship with the Lord is just in a religious atmosphere. We do what we're supposed to do. We do what we're told. We kind of do our thing, but we never really hear the Lord's voice. And according to this context in John 5, until we hear the Lord's voice, we don't get the life. But once we hear the Lord's voice, and that's not just once for all, that is day by day, moment by moment. When we hear the Lord's voice, there is resurrection life in his voice. Anything you want to add to that, Christian?
1: Um, I, I think that that was, uh, that was really uh, the main message I was enjoying too. Just the Lord. He is speaking and he has spoken, right? We have the word. We have the word. And in in the next chapter, in chapter six, the Lord says, the words which I have spoken to you are spirit in our life. So this is something tangible that we have today. We have the Bible. We have God's word. And these words can become life to us. And this is what we really need. This is what I really need, you know, and I wish I could convince anybody who's listening. This is what you really need, right? And this this life can overcome death. Isn't that amazing? It can help this man completely unable to do anything, but now he's able to walk. So uh, I totally agree, Tim. May we... Uh, May we continue. Let's practice to hear the Lord every day and receive life.
0: Amen. That's exactly right, Christian. And I'll just say, I mean, obviously out in the world, many people hate Christians. They hate the Lord. They hate all this. Uh, And even here in John chapter five, being in just a religious atmosphere, they hate him. They hate the Lord. They don't like the Lord. It affects their status quo. But I would say to both the people in those groups that once you hear the Lord's voice, you can do nothing but fall in love with the Lord. And this, in my personal experience, it just needs time. It requires time. So just like you sitting with a friend uh, or me and my wife, you know, we sometimes sit together and we have conversations. Usually it takes a while to get the conversation going. You know, you start off with, how's your day? How's this? How's that? Uh, But usually after you start talking for a while, that gives the Lord some time to open his heart to us. and also gives us time to open our heart to him. And that, Christian, is where the life transfer starts to happen. Well, Christian, again, I always appreciate you for your time. And I like your uh, call to action. May we all... This week, have some experience of hearing the Lord's voice on a very personal level.
1: Amen.